0: Hi, Victoria. My name is Kate and I'm a music teacher in New York. And I was just wondering if you have any advice for collaborations between music teachers and art teachers. I'm really interested in collaborating more with the colleagues here in my building and I'm just not quite sure where to start. So any advice that you have would be greatly appreciated. And thanks so much for your podcast episodes. I've really been enjoying listening to them. So thanks. I say this probably every episode, so at the risk of repeating myself way too much, this is a really fun topic. (laughs) One of the reasons I really like this topic is because of the collaboration between the arts. But then on a more practical level, or I guess I should just say on another level, Kate's question is very specifically about collaborating with other colleagues inside her building. And the reason I like that framing of this topic is that you'll remember several episodes ago we talked about music teacher isolation and how that relates to burnout and one of the problems that we encounter in this industry is that we do not always have very close and positive relationships with other teachers at our school building and this is especially true going back to one of those research articles this can be especially true for teachers who travel. And then just for for all music teachers, there is some degree of separation between our subject and the grade level teachers who we collaborate on a school-wide level with, but not always necessarily on a personal colleague level. So, finding a way to collaborate with teachers in the building can do wonders both for our students and our curricula and then just how happy and satisfied and Connected, we feel at our campuses. So, for all of those reasons, I am a big fan of this conversation. I think a really exciting place to start would not be necessarily for me to give advice about uh, ways to collaborate, because I think that we can find a better pathway forward to answer this question by thinking about what systems already exist in the school culture. And then what students are already learning about in art and where we can partner with them. And then what students are already learning about in music. And we'll talk about the standards for music education or the arts standards in there as well. So rather than me saying you should do this kind of project, we'll approach this as questions that we'll all answer. And our answers will all be different because we are all in different situations. Let's talk about systems that already exist in the school culture. So do you have a concert or another sharing event that you already do? Is there any sort of musical presentation that you already do? Here are some thoughts about that existing event that we can bring art into. Could we have students design the cover for the concert? This one's really easy to do. Uh, I have done this both as a competition, or I should say my school has done this both as a competition. So for uh, middle school students for the musical, we had a competition at the elementary level to design the cover for the uh, musical. And that was a really, really exciting thing. I've also in community work done the program as just a collage of student work. So students are creating a piece of art around the topic of the sharing performance concert thing and then all of those just get scanned and i kind of move them around to make them work and those become the cover or the back cover of the program at the sharing event so if students can design the cover for the concert that's a very easy way to bring in some student art to an existing event Another thought is could they display artwork leading up to the hallway of event of the event? This is another like very easy drag and drop idea that again goes to one possible way to answer the question of what systems already exist in the school culture where we can collaborate very easily. So could students line the hallways with their artwork leading up to whatever uh, location that concert is in or that sharing program is in? So that way, as parents are walking down the hallway, they are just immersed in this artistic, um, I don't know, collage (laughs) that they are walking through on their way to the music performance. I have done this as a my favorite part of music kind of thing in connection to an informant, but that could be tweaked very, very easily to not necessarily have a direct musical tie-in, but instead to have an artistic, a visual arts tie-in. Next, could a few pieces be on display for parents to look at before and after the event, like an art gallery? This is very closely connected to just having the artwork displayed in the hallway as parents are walking to the event. But here, maybe a few students from a different grade are standing outside with their easel or with a table and their... Um, their clay structure or whatever it is and so it's like an art gallery in the sense that you're going to walk around and the artist is there to talk about you know this is what I was thinking and this is what I was trying to do and everything like that so instead of parents just walking past the art the intention is that they are going to spend time moving through the space to look at all of the artistic works. If you don't have space to do this in the actual building, like in your NPR or in your cafeteria or something like that, if you don't have space to do this, it could be nice if weather permits uh, to do this outside. And that can be a nice separation, uh, almost like having a reception after the concert. So parents have that opportunity to walk around and talk to the visual artists about their work after the musical event. Another easy way to bring art into an existing school event is the idea of live art. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it is very interesting to watch. Basically, um, well, street before street performers do this often. Like you'll see this in places like New York, where you have a musical artist next to a visual artist, and so the musical artist is doing their thing. But in the time it takes the musical artist to perform their work, the visual artist is also doing their separate artistic medium. A way to do this in elementary level is just to say uh, we have let's say we have this song that we are going to perform and it is four minutes so what can you create in four minutes we probably we probably and this is up to your art teacher <laughs> probably wouldn't want to be doing um, like acrylic paints or something like that but something with markers or chalk or or colored pencils or something like that. So you're gonna set up uh, an easel that's big enough for the audience to see, and then you have one or two or three students at their easels all around the stage, and they are doing art as the students are performing their musical piece two extra notes on this. We talked about doing an easel with markers or an easel with uh, a chalkboard or something like that. If you have the ability at your school, this could also be a digital illustration. So maybe an iPad with Procreate is set up and that is being uh, wired to a display so that everyone can see. It doesn't necessarily need to be physical art. If there is a digital art component of your school and again that will just depend on uh, each individual school situation and to that end you might not have an art program it's not uh, in my experience it's not necessarily common to have an art teacher and a music teacher at one campus so if you are the music teacher and you have a student who you know is really really interested in visual art maybe you don't need to do this in a collaboration with a a separate art teacher maybe and and this is you know separate from from katie's question about collaborating with colleagues but if you have a lot of student interest in visual art maybe this is something that you can facilitate on your own and that could be really exciting The second thing that i was going to point out just as a you know using this idea as a drag and drop activity another option is not to have students perform their art, create their art in a four-minute time period because that's not a lot of time to create something. Um, If you have maybe a 30-minute concert, maybe the student gets to take up 30 minutes to create their art and then that might be a situation where paints would be a little bit more doable. So the logistics there can be sliced and diced whatever way we need to to make that work. But the idea that the question that we are answering is what systems already exist in the school culture? What is already happening? A big piece of school culture very often is a music concert. And so if we already have a music concert going, if we already have a sharing event going, how can we add art to what we are already doing? Again, the answer to that question will be will be different for everyone. But those are some ideas that we can kind of drag and drop. OK, next, let's talk about what are students already learning about in art and where can we partner? And then what are students already learning about in music? Where can the visual arts partner with us? Again, this will be different from everyone, but let's just say a couple different examples about what students might be learning about in art. It's possible that in their art class, they are doing something about art history. If that's the case, we can jump in on that. Uh, What comes to mind is abstract art and Kandinsky. Drew Bullington, who you might be familiar with, he's a fabulous pedagogue and he shared a lesson idea based around the book called The Noisy Paintbox. And so I obviously won't share his lesson here, but if you just Google Drew Bullington Orf, you will find his work lots of places on the Internet and you'll find his contact info and maybe uh, you. You can ask him for some of his thoughts around this topic as well. That is more modern art, abstract art, but we also have music in the folk music tradition that is associated with different areas of music history. So what folk materials would they have been singing in the 1800s or in the 1400s? Wow! So we can connect art history to music history in that area. So students might be working with art history. They also might be working with art media because in art, there are lots of different mediums that you can use to create a visual representation of the image that you have in your mind. Well, so art has lots of different media. Hey, music has different media too. So we can make that connection there as well. In art, you might be doing painting. You might be doing pencils. You might be doing sculptures, could be doing clay. In music, we could be singing. We could be playing. We could be speaking or we could be moving. Great. We have art history, we have different media in art. Something else that people are often working with in the elementary setting on an art in, in the art curriculum are different uh, vocabulary words that artists use to describe their work. So things like levels and planes and balance and space, all of those words that you might use in a visual art setting could also be used in a musical art setting. So let's talk about levels and planes. Planes. these are the different spaces that you would see visually that give you a sense of place and an artist an actual visual artist would explain that uh, probably a lot better than me But when we talk about levels and planes in visual art, hey, we also have levels in music. We have levels that we use in movement, right? So creating something, a shape that is on a high level or on a low level. We also have levels in melodic contour, and that can be a nice tie-in to pattern recognition and notational literacy in melody. Even if you wanted to take that same idea and talk about levels in art, And then levels, visually, reading music on the five-line staff. There's a connection there, which is really exciting. We also have something called a level bordoon in music. So why is it called a level bordoon? What would it sound like if we took out the levels? What if would be sound what would it sound like if we changed the levels? So maybe instead of starting low, maybe we start high. Ah, interesting. All of these things about levels are things that students may already be working with in art that have a direct connection to a sonic or a movement event. So that's exciting. Another thing students might be learning about in art is the idea of balance. We have balance in the composition of the artistic work, or maybe there is not balance in the composition. It depends on what the author, uh, excuse me, what the, what the artist wants. In music, we also have balance. We can talk about balance in an ensemble setting, like, uh, like the sound pyramid, but we also have balance or unbalance imbalance in form. A balanced form would be A, B, A. So students can come up with a B section and then create a balanced form by singing the song and then doing their B section that they've created and then doing the A section again. So the idea of balance exists in art And in music, we also have the idea of space in visual arts. We have positive, negative space. We have overlap. We have perspective, all of these things around the concept of space. Well, hey, in music, one of the things we talk about all the time is moving in open space. That's something that we introduce, or at least in my curriculum, we introduce this the very first lesson because we are going to need to know about the concept of open space and closed space, positive space and negative space as we move around the room. This is especially helpful (laughs) with the younger grades for them to have that spatial awareness as we are doing some movement activities. So we have that in movement very naturally, positive and negative space, but we also have it in sonic events through notes and rests. Music is not all a positive space. It's not all and no no breaks at all. We have rests in music. We have negative space when we are creating sonic events. Another concept in visual arts around the idea of space is overlap. And we have that in music as well. We could have a solo, like if we were all just to sing and play the game to Tidio. That could be a solo. But a solo, as in, you know, one uh, musical idea happening. But we can also look at the idea of overlap by adding in some ostinati. And the more ostinati we add in, the more overlap we are adding, right? So the more texture, the more density we have in the ensemble. So this idea of overlap very easily applies to uh, part work in the elementary music classroom, there's also the idea of perspective in art. So what is, uh, again, an actual artist would talk about this much better than me, but when we talk about perspective in a visual art sense, we might point out things that look big to us and things that look small to us well that relates very easily to dynamics what things in the ensemble should stick out what should be bigger i.e louder and from a perspective point of view what should be smaller further away quieter we can relate this idea of perspective to dynamics in the music room very easily So when we think about what students are already learning in art, we find that a lot of these words have a very natural musical tie-in. And so just starting this conversation with an art teacher by saying, hey, what are students learning in art? What are the vocabulary words that you use in art? Because there are a lot of really exciting connections between the arts, capital A, between the arts. There's a lot of umbrella understandings that we can help highlight. We've talked about answering this question by answering the question of what systems already exist in the school culture. We've talked about what are students already learning about in art. And now let's think about some answers to the question. What are students already learning about in music? Okay, let's imagine that we are doing uh, El Patio de Mi Casa. Maybe we are doing Zapatitos Blancos. Maybe we're doing Dale, Dale, Dale. All of these uh, musical works have a connection to Mexico. I understand that because of the nature of folk materials, it's very common for songs to be loved in many different countries by many different children in different places. These three examples are from the book El patio de mi casa which is 42 traditional rhymes chants and folk songs from Mexico and this is published through GIA. So if we are talking about music from Mexico and students are experiencing music from Mexico in a really active way inside the music classroom by singing songs and playing games and making some connections to the sonic properties and the cultural properties, right? Um, We talk about children's musical culture and what that means within the context of uh, music from Mexico. Okay, well, there's lots of really great art from Mexico, probably the biggest artists that jump into many of our minds would be Diego Riviera or Frida Kahlo. But of course, there are many other artists that your art expert at your school would know about. So if we are spending some of our time with these experiences in music from Mexico, it could be exciting for the visual art department to make that connection with visual arts and visual artists in Mexico. Another example is we might be doing the song Tsuki, we could be doing Donguri Koro we could be doing Chuchu Koko, and those are all pieces from Japan, pieces of children's musical culture as it exists in uh, the folk music tradition of Japan. Okay, well, Japan also good grief has so much art, so much art that we could be talking about in a visual art class. So maybe students are looking at the great wave, which is that really famous piece that you have seen. It's wood blocking. And so maybe students are learning about wood blocking and doing some work around that particular medium. Or maybe they are looking at anime, which is another, obviously, another huge um, visual art movement, a visual art category that students can be working with in connection with what they're learning about in music, about music from Japan if you are looking at maybe the history of pop music and you are talking about hip-hop, maybe there is a connection to graffiti that you can do in your visual art program as well. There is a really fabulous AOSA session on hip-hop and graffiti that if you have access to that video library, I would absolutely recommend checking that out. It's a really exciting presentation and I believe it was from maybe 2019 or so. Uh, So that's a resource that you can check out if you want some concrete ideas about this particular uh, pathway of music and art being connected. The very last thing that I would add to this conversation is just to point out that we have national core arts standards and those arts are with a capital A. This idea of create, perform, respond, or uh, in the visual arts, create, present, respond, connect, we are already working off of the same standards. And that was one of the ideas with the standards is that they would be something that artists, visual artists and musical artists and drama and dance All of these uh, specific genres of artistry could be working off of the same set of big ideas, the big idea hats that students need to be able to wear to be effective artists. So that is a very convenient place to start as well, just to recognize that hypothetically, you and your art teacher are already working off of the same standards. So that's exciting. All right, we've talked about a couple different questions that we can find our own answers to in the answer to the question uh, about collaboration with music and art. So the first thing is to think about what already is happening in the school culture, what already exists where we can add the art department to the music cultural events, cultural events in the school culture, meaning music sharing ideas like a concert or another presentation or an informance or something like that. So looking at things that already exist. We also talked about um, thinking through what students are already learning in art and where we can partner with our art teacher. We looked at where, where we could partner with our art teacher by thinking about what students are already learning about in music. And then we've also talked briefly about the idea of the standards applying to both programs, both the music program and the visual arts program. One resource that you might be interested is called interested in is called Blue is the Sea, Music, Dance, and Visual Arts. This is something that my ORF level one teacher Alicia had us get as like a supplementary book. And it has a lot of ideas for connections between obviously music and dance and visual arts. So if you want another concrete resource, that would be one to check out as well. Even if our campus does not employ a separate teacher for visual arts, there are still a lot of natural connections that we can make between different subject areas in the music room. And maybe if your campus does not employ a specific visual arts teacher, maybe the classroom teacher happens to be doing a lot of this kind of work in the classroom already. This might especially be true in the younger grades where often visual arts are used very heavily in the classroom. So even if we are not necessarily partnering with an art teacher, teacher, a visual art teacher, there can be some exciting possibilities for collaborating with classroom teachers as well. And if we are not yet ready to collaborate with classroom teachers for whatever reason, there are a lot of ideas here in answering the question about uh, events that are already happening at the school, things that already exist in art and things that already exist in music and tying in the national standards. There are plenty of ways for us to incorporate more visual art in our music programs so that students see the connection between different avenues of artistic expression. Did you know that you can assess this podcast? If you enjoy listening, if you find it valuable, if you find it interesting, if you think that it is a positive addition to your day, you can show that with quantitative data and with qualitative data. If you rate this podcast five stars on your podcast player, that is quantitative data that show your assessment. If you have anything to add that those quantitative data do not show, you can add qualitative data by writing out a podcast review. Your podcast podcast Player takes your assessment scores very, very seriously and your podcast player algorithm uses your assessment scores to decide if they are going to push elemental conversations this show to other music teachers in our industry or if it's going to stay on the back burner of your podcast player. So if you could take the time to assess this podcast, that would mean the world to me and hopefully it means that more people will be invited to take part in some of these elemental conversations.